Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. I am Chuck. I'm Godless. And uh, this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. You can find us, of course, on iTunes. Make sure that you search on iTunes for Metal Sucks Podcast. You'll find us, subscribe to us, and that way it comes right to your device every Monday when we post it. Or, of course, you can go to MetalSucks.net. There's a podcast tab on the top of the page, and boom, click there. All of our old podcasts are right in one spot it's super duper it really is last week's episode um would be i would say the climax everything else is downhill from last week's episode we got good stuff ahead no nick man that was a great that was was good very good interview it was really good i just like seeing the metal sucks podcast being re re reposted by christian websites like to me (laughs) that is one of the best things that's ever happened to me i wonder if we can get that to happen next week too Uh, maybe i don't know Mm, we'll see this week though we've got keith buckley and i am a gay fanboy for keith buckley of uh, every time I die, kick ass. He's um, he's so hot, and he's like really cool, <laughs> and he writes these great albums and stuff. And oh my god, from Parts Unknown, the new record is so good. We're gonna hear a song from it, and then I'm gonna talk to him for a while. So I can't wait. It's gonna be so special. It made me feel really cool to just be able to talk to him for a while. So uh, I know it was terrible because I don't like to do. Uh, I mean, uh, you were absent for this interview, I, 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 and I could not say no because i seriously am a big fan of it every time i die and yeah i just sort of all right we'll see you know yeah. see see how it turns out we find out a few things i can't man. wait i can't wait find out what his favorite movie is and his favorite karaoke song to sing Ooh, yeah yeah right mm. you think about a dude like that what what song might you think he would be into for karaoke I don't know. Something uh, from Greece, yeah, maybe? Man, nope, nope, nope. But speaking of karaoke, we want to talk about the <laughs> recent uh, controversy that's popped up with all these bands. It, it was sort oh, of weird. segue, dude. Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, on Friday, was it Friday that this came yeah. out? Yeah. Uh, Tesseract decided to ditch their old new lead singer, basically. <laughs> I was at first. I was actually confused because I'm like, well, wait, isn't he the vocalist or something? Uh, Daniel Tompkins is, is his name. Is, is the, the old new, the old guy who's now the new guy again? Exactly. So Ash O'Hara, if I remember right, let me get, get all my names right. Uh, he was the interim, and when we talked to Moss from Tesseract, Ash was the guy that they were confident was going to be who took him to the uh, took him home. This was yep. going to he was going to be the guy. This was the album that they'd been wanting. Yes, and it was it. And and now they've gone back to the vocalist they had. Before. Even though he takes long showers, uh, other than that, being on the road with him has been pretty good. That's the test, and that seems to be going well. Apparently, it wasn't going that well. Well, and then earlier, I guess not. It was I guess it was last week. Uh, we got the news about Rob Dukes and right. uh, Steve Souza. I love Exodus. that news. You know, Steve Souza going back to Exodus yeah. and Rob Dukes going Nothing into- against Rob Dukes, but Yeah, yeah no, no. He, I mean, Rob Dukes did a couple of really good albums with yeah. Exodus, you know, that, that I really kind of enjoyed. But but the Toxic Waltz is the Toxic uh, Waltz. Exactly. It's Souza. And then we just sort of started thinking about it. It's like, well, wait a minute. They're 
been a rash of people that have been going back to their old vocalists in several bands for quite a long time. It seems to be kind of a trend for yeah. people to kind of return to well, what they did before. And is that a thing? Why do, why do, why do people want to go back? I think it's because the economics are so difficult that you need to have your best team to survive. You just have to have an all-star team at all times. And if everybody recognizes you and your brand with a particular vocalist, you've yeah. got to get that guy. So, I mean, do you just go to with the guy that, okay, our biggest song as a band was this song. So let's go get him back or let's get this lineup back. Uh, because that was when the it was the best right the best material right yeah oh absolutely and it's the one that you know when we see this is the thing i go to like a buddy who's a, like like a, a peripheral metal fan right yeah and i go dude exodus on tour opening for slayer we gotta go he's gonna be like sounds cool man and i'll be like exodus you gotta check him out they got this new singer you can see it in their face they kind of go and and i say new singer the guy's been with the band for what like 12 years or something yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and it's like it's like uh you know you just want to see what it is that you fell in love with originally mm, i could see that you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. well and i was trying we were trying to talk through some of the bands that have done it before of course there have been some uh, obvious big ones you know mm-hmm. uh, you th- i think of J- judas priest like right off the bat you know when ripper tried to come in and do it halford did that Who? was yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's what judas priest are saying now <laughs> uh well and and ripper basically all he went on to after that was to kind of guest vocal on a bunch of stuff and i thought didn't he, he had a stint in iced earth there for a while uh, uh, and you know he just kind of bounced around and he even had bands. a movie made about him and, and he was good dude he still couldn't leverage it and the problem is that he was actually a really good vocalist he just yeah. could not parlay that into any kind of success and it's tough I feel bad because the, the the music that he was that he became famous for was a retro thing yeah that had to do with that being one of the few bands that you could be retro mm-hmm. with you know so how could you have a new band that sounds like that old band you know you just can't but without getting into like the pop world or any uh any other genre other than metal uh, i try to think the first one that would probably be one that did this would be black sabbath because black sabbath did the you know we were with ozzy then we got dio then we were going back to ozzy didn't they have that other guy oh yeah there was some other dude in there too yeah See, this is why I was like, we need to look all these guys up because I can't remember everybody that's been in all these bands. But when I think of Black Sabbath, what happened to that dude? Yeah, right. I think of uh, I think of Ozzy Sabbath, I think of Dio Sabbath, and I think of Ozzy Sabbath again. Yeah. Uh, so that when I, that's what I think of when I, the, one of the first bands that ditched their old singer, but had unlike, mediocre success with the, the thing, other one. Unlike unlike any other instrument, when you change the vocalist, it changes everything i mean ozzy sabbath is a total different sound from dio sabbath you could i mean and then and then meanwhile you could replace any other guy in that band and as here they are the most unique musician sounding musicians in in metal history and and you can get away with it you know i mean black sabbath kind of got away with it with uh without uh um what's this bill ward on drums Oh, yeah. well, yeah, I mean, you can get away, and it seems like that's the one thing that you can do over and over again. I mean, is replace a drummer, replace a bass player, right. like the, and kind of fudge that a little bit, because there's not a whole, I, I don't know, I hate to say that there's not a signature drum style, but, but there, I think with some bands it's important, and other bands it's not. Right. But your vocalist, I mean, that's that's a signature, because they're the front person of your band, 
and not there's no way that every vocalist sounds the same that's every single band on earth yeah and ripper you know sounded a lot like judas priest i mean uh, i mean uh, like rob halford i mean he sounded a lot like rob halford but it was not the metal god rob halford i mean it just it was close but it just wasn't there yeah it's kermit the frog does not sound like kermit the frog you no, because Jim anymore. Henson, yeah. Jim Henson did Kermit, and here you got a million people who've been pr- trying to impress their kids with their Kermit the Frog impersonations <laughs> for years, and they couldn't find somebody who can sound exactly like Jim Henson when he kicked the bucket. You know, okay, let's see who was it, it was uh, Glenn Hughes, uh, Dave Donato. Um, there's there's a couple vocalists in there, man. Yeah, that, you know, I didn't even re- you know wasn't even part of my uh, thought process with black sabbath you know but the, but then they wind up going back with ozzy and doing one of the better records that they've done well first record they've done as sabbath in in 14 15 years or something like that and, and it turned out re- you know for the most part really good a little slow you know if i sped it up it was even better i don't know if this is true but i was hearing something this week that uh if you go on itunes or amazon you cannot find the ripper owens judas priest albums oh wow so, it, it, you know, it's funny, like you saying with Black Sabbath, I don't even remember those two guys. And nobody does because, you know, you can kind of, I mean, yeah, it's stored on YouTube. You can, it's stored digitally somewhere. You can't erase history, but you can, you can do a pretty good job of burying it. And it's kind of interesting how bands are kind of doing that. Well, I don't know, you know, well, and, and you also had that trend there for a while where bands are re-recording their old material with the yeah. new singer. Uh, Exodus actually did that, where where I th- want to say Sousa did Bonded by Blood. Didn't yeah, he? did Bonded by Blood, yeah. and like went back and and re wrote over that entire record. You know, and it's like, dude, uh, first off, you know, Paul Bailoff is dead. Come on, man, come on. Let was me, he dead let, at that time? Let, I, I don't know. Did I don't he do that he, in two thousand two? I thought he did that a little later than that. I, I thought he did it early because because oh. because uh, uh, Bailoff, I think, passed in in o two. Yeah, I want to say he did it a little later than that. So it's like, oh man. <laughs> God, dude, just let him have his day, man. <laughs> it's one album. Just uh, oh, with that one roadblock to doing what they wanted to do for all that time, with it slipped away. You know, it's like, right, right. Woohoo! Uh, but then, of course, my favorite band of the entire world did it as well with Iron Maiden. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm not going to be the one. I, sorry, guys, I'm not going to be the Maiden fan that tells you that Deanna was the best singer that that Maiden ever, no. ever had. Sorry, and and it's not going to happen. And what's the other dude in the middle there? Oh, uh, Bob's his dad. His name was like Storm or something. I think there was Paul Day for a little while and. Uh, well, Blaze Bailey, Blaze Bailey, Blaze Bailey. Yeah. yeah, remember they were going to do a thing with Blaze Bailey and and Diano together. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, like with you know Anthrax obviously did it, and you know they had the tour where they had John Bush, and then they had what's his face come back for, and and they would do stuff together during a show, and oh and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's the sign to the, old, the 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 newer singer that you know your your days are numbered. Yeah, sorry, bud. Yeah, <laughs> this is uh, coming to an end. But I mean, is it? Do you do you cater to fan demand? I mean, because as a fan of Anthrax, I wanted nothing else but Belladonna to come back to the band. Absolutely. Like, straight up wanted nothing else. And I know people who were so stoked when they read about Sousa coming back to the band. 
to Exodus. Oh hell yeah! <clears throat> like that was that was they were just so happy about it and, because and that no was the offense thing. to John Bush or for uh, Rob Dukes or Rob Dukes or anybody Phil's. else. It's just uh, you you when you took the gig, you knew that you were trying to fill someone else's shoes. So you may have filled them somewhat, but they're still somebody else's shoes. And at some point, they're come back. They're going to claim their shoes. But do you have to when when that old singer comes back? Do you have to have like the record? Because you think about Anthrax, they came back and they did worship music, and awesome it was album. like fucking a that that album is is awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Sabbath came back and they did thirteen, you know, with uh, with Ozzy. Mm. Eh, it's okay. Uh, Iron Maiden came back and <clears throat> oh, what album did they get? It doesn't matter. It's it doesn't all matter. good. Uh, anything after everything after Seventh Son of was a that, Son wasn't of that the, okay. the album where they did the. Uh, 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 Rowan, turning. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, damn it. Oh, damn it. I need a tail gunner, wasn't it? Straight. Maybe. No. The no, tail gunner no, album? No, 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 no. Uh, son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, to the internet. Come on, everybody. To the internet. I'll figure it out here in a minute. Um, but so now does Souza have like the ultimate burden on him to make one of the best Exodus records ever? I don't know that he does i i think that that it, it really it's all about just having i you know what i think it is is i think it was it, it, exodus getting to go on tour with slayer and uh, uh what's his face uh the guitarist uh gary holt gary holt was just like you know what if we're gonna do it finally i got the guys to do this uh let's do it right you know yeah 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 I and, you, and, and especially mm-hmm. with suicidal tendencies opening up yeah yeah i don't know man i think uh, gary holt was just like you know i can only picture opening for slayer but, but with steve susan but they've already been talking about working on their new album mm-hmm. as far as it's already kind of in the ah oh, this is happening blah blah blah, blah. steve oh, i've already knocked out some vocals so so i mean i think the expectation is going to be there from the audience for this to be like a a fucking ball busting record like this is supposed to be this is going to be one of the one of the big things yeah so i mean i i guess there's probably this expectation when you get that back together that you're going to get that magic back i mean whether that's from the band or from the audience i, I think those th- those kind of things are there when you return to form and that's one of the things like iron maiden didn't do it was brave new world where bruce dickinson came back mm-hmm. to the band and it just didn't spark. Wicker Man was a good song because uh, you know that was a really good song out of that. But it wasn't a Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. It wasn't a Somewhere in Time. It wasn't like one of those records. Yeah, you know. And it just—I don't think they've ever been able to grab that sort of lightning in a bottle ever again. And I don't know if fans should expect that from uh, bands. No, no, I think that they need to. I don't know, but I think they do. You know, I, I think Exodus I'll, does or Iron Maiden. I does. think any fan of a band is going to expect that from from their favorite. I don't think anybody expects it. I think everybody hopes for it. Okay. Yeah, maybe they hope for it. I don't know. But I think even there, you're like, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's 2014. I don't get my expectations up about much. Yeah, you know. And the, the, Unless I'm surprised. The, I got to be surprised by something. The, 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 you know, when, when I heard Steve Zuzo was coming back, my first thought was not, oh, wow, the new album's going to be great. My first thought is, Toxic Waltz. All right. You know? Yeah, I want to hear that again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, I'm with you. I, I could totally see that. I, I think that's the reaction. I mean, I, same thing with like Anthrax. It, was, it wasn't It was like, yeah. oh. Indians. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, totally. Yeah, finally we get to get here caught in the mosh yeah. by Belladonna again. Exactly. Yeah, no, finally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to see where you are. And that's Dickinson with Iron Maiden. It's like it wasn't about the new music. Right. It's about, holy shit, we can hear we can hear Ryan with the Ancient Mariner again. Yeah. And I, I think that is almost all the time. And I think that, that you know, I think Anthrax are an exception to the rule because 
because worship music just wow it was just great yeah uh but uh even there i don't know how much of that material is gonna be on like future tours Mm, true really like really i mean it was a great album there'll be like there'll be at least three or four songs on there Uh, you know for sure there'll be at least three or four songs but i I cut that number in half uh find them till you can't and some of those other ones because the other part of that is is that those are written for his range now yeah so you know those are written for the for the yeah what 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 he can do on stage so it's a little harder to go back and do caught in the mosh it's a little harder to do go back and do six minute songs and and yeah, yeah 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 i don't know so is it a good thing or a bad thing that the bands are going back to their old vocalist? Oh, it's mixed. It really is mixed. But I'd like to, because on the one hand, you react to it with like, okay, they're giving up. They just, yeah. They're just going to play the old stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we're they're walking away, walking, backing away slowly from yep. the new vocalist, and we're going to move on. Right. It hasn't worked out. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know if that's necessarily true with Tesseract, because you know they haven't been able to hold on to a, a vocalist for more than 15 minutes anyway and that's such a weird thing with that band is that there just seems so much volatility in in that slot that there's maybe they ought to just hire two or three and just you know and just have keep them, them on there yeah just or, have or them teach there. moss to sing come on moss you just just do it just <laughs> knock it out yeah and start doing vocals and call it even man well i, I went and saw some like uh uh you know alternative type band thing you know one of those dancey like dj bands uh-huh. like in concert and they had like a big tv on screen and they just had female vocalists but they just had them pre-recorded. <laughs> I like it, and just throw them on the on the All TV right. screen. Done and done. I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah, Me- metal. Take your cues now. Man. Yeah. All right, we got to get into our interview with, uh, or my interview with uh, Keith Buckley of Every Time I Die. Uh, we're going to play a new song off of From Parts Unknown, which comes out tomorrow, uh, and it's going to be. Uh, if you're an Every Time I Die fan, which I am, and you could probably tell in my interview <laughs> with uh, Keith, you're going to love this album, man. And uh, so, you know, we get to talk to Keith Buckley, who is in the midst of the Warp Tour for the Metal Self Podcast. Hey, what's going on, man? It's Chuck from the uh, Metal Sucks Podcast, man. Uh, no, we just got done playing at eleven oh five in the morning. So we're already, already fully warped. <laughs> I was gonna say, man, that, that that's one hell of a schedule, dude. That's not knowing what you're doing, like when you wake up in the morning. That's gonna that's gonna be insane. I kind of like it though because uh, we had like three months off and I kind of fell into a routine and it's it's very difficult to get into a routine for me because the last 11 years of my life have been, you know, just a, a hodgepodge of different daily activities. So um kind of like not knowing what's going to happen next. Uh, it's all the fun of it. The summer festivals are the rock and roll boot camp, eh? Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you can if you can get roll out of bed and onto a stage, you can pretty much do anything. And it's got to be, you guys travel kind of like caravan style when you're doing a festival like this, right? Everybody's sort of... Well, festivals are are a little different. Festivals where we usually do a bus, but we share the bus. So it's kind of, um, I mean, it's not as luxurious as it sounds because there's not, you know, there's like 20 other guys around you. So, you know, it's it's very impersonal. And um, I don't know, I, I normally when we do club tours, we take a van and trailer. But yeah, we're always just in the most like disgusting conditions imaginable so who are you sharing the bus with on this one uh terror terror oh god that's gotta be uh yeah. <laughs> that's it's gotta great. be a fun one it's, it's great yeah i mean it's it's a lot of fun these guys are we get along really well with them so there haven't been any problems yet have, have you guys toured before together or yeah last summer we shared a bus with them we we enjoyed it so much we decided to do it uh, a second year in a row that's that's actually pretty cool 
Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I feel like when, when you're sharing a bus, you obviously save money, which is great. But also it's kind of, a lot of people probably wouldn't do it because they love their privacy. And I mean, obviously privacy for a little bit, but it's really, I don't know. It just reminds me of like being a kid and like living with my friends in an apartment or dorming at college. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. all these people are around that you like seeing every day and it's, it's great. Well, and you're not doing, you're not doing six months out of the year. It's, you know, six weeks, eight exactly. weeks or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. And there's so much other distraction. I mean, every, I, you kind of have to, do a, a bus or at least a bandwagon on World Tour. The drives are, are pretty insane, and the days are so hot that you need a respite from the, the heat. You know, there's no like backstages or anything. So, so everybody has different places to hang out. So even if you start getting on each other's nerves, there's a hundred and one ways to get get yourself distracted. What do you do with the? I mean, you got to do signings and stuff like that. But when you play at eleven yeah. o'clock in the morning. I mean, you got to talk to douchebags like me or whatever. But what else? What the hell else are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. I um, there was I've heard about this thing called drinking. Oh uh, yeah. To start doing yeah. I, a lot of people are doing that. It's an activity I haven't uh, looked into, but I'm going to give it a shot. See if I like it. So uh, that'll probably start taking place uh, within the next hour. And then after that, then the doors open to infinite possibilities <laughs> of what I'm going to do. You know, rolling down a mountain, uh, <laughs> smashing glass. It's all there. Yeah, somebody's going to have something for you to get into trouble yeah. with, right? Exactly. Absolutely. There's a water park. Actually, there's a water park next door to the venue today. So, Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah, y'all are in what, Palm Springs today? Is that something like that? No, we're in Chula, Chula Vista, oh, okay. California. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Not too far south. It's, you already cruised through the Texas no. part. That's where I'm at, so. Yeah, we, we started there, mm-hmm. uh, which is weird for us. Um, the War Tour, not, none of the ones that we've done have ever started there, so it was kind of... Um, it's weird because Texas is always some of the greatest shows, and you just look forward to it. But this time, you're just thrown into it immediately. You know, first show, and it's you know, it's one of the ones that normally you'd, you'd have a little time to get warmed up and look forward to. But yeah, so did you come right off a rest break and go right into this? Is that what you said? Yeah, we uh, yeah we recorded a record in March, and then we didn't do anything um, for, the, for that long. So yeah, I mean, I was getting, I was at home, and you know, I enjoy obviously home with my wife and seeing my friends but i get a little stir crazy and uh i start like seeking out karaoke bars just because i'm like <laughs> I, got, I gotta get on stage i've gotta get on stage i'll die there so <laughs> yeah then you do karaoke and uh you know yeah you join a, a cover band you play little bars around town just just to keep busy all right so two questions out of that one what's your favorite karaoke song and what cover band who do you cover is it just like oh, wedding okay. songs kind of shit or Hold on, I'll, let me address. I'll, just, I'll, I'll field the, the first question. Okay. Uh, my favorite, my favorite song to do is "Total Eclipse of the Heart," but it's a very difficult one. So uh, true. Um, I, I also enjoy "Careless Whispers." Oh. Which is a lot of people don't. It's, it's a really, it's a really hidden gem. A lot of people don't remember even listening to it or liking it. But boy, when it, when it hits, yeah, it's hard. People, oh no, totally can't help but sing along. Yeah, and there's uh, as far as the cover bands go. Um, our, uh, myself and our bass player are in a part-time cover band called Soul Patch, and we cover '90 songs nice. uh, at bar down the street. <laughs> so it's uh, it's really really fun. Just all the hit, like we don't do too many deep cuts. It's all the songs you think of when you think of the '90s, a lot of Nirvana and Pearl Jam and stuff. But but we do some B sides. Yeah, I think I saw the flyer for that like on your Facebook page or something. I was like, that's yeah. gotta be a joke, man. There's no way. That's... Oh no. Well, yes and no. It is. Well, a joke yeah, yeah. Do you metal up the karaoke or do you do try to play it straight? No, I, I played straight. I mean, I feel like I have enough. I, I, I meddle it up enough in my in my daily life. But here's the thing. 
totally Eclipse of the Heart also is a very aggressive song in the Oh, yeah, dude, totally. He's screaming, you know what I mean? So that's where that's why I feel like it's, uh, it's kind of in the pockets for me, because I can sort of get aggressive with it. Was that the Norwegian guys that, that did the thing with the ice boxes and shit was to Total Eclipse of the Heart? Did you ever see that? No, I never saw that. They had the st- they had a stove and like freezers, and they were doing they were beating on uh, appliances. Really? And did a ver- dude, you got to YouTube it. It's a, it's hilarious. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, that it, great. But it's yeah. it's awesome. Like it actually turned out pretty good. So I can I can totally I, I see bet. you doing that song. Yeah, that's a good one. I like it a lot. So when is every time I die going to cover that song? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. We're going to need it. We're going to need a, a a veteran piano player because it gets a little tricky in there. <laughs> <laughs> there's a big solo, a big piano solo. It's, yeah, it's, it's a complicated song. So I don't know. I don't know <laughs> there's so many facets to doing that cover that we don't know. We're not sure. Yeah, and if you've ever seen the video, I mean, seeing the video is half of the fun of that song because there's fucking dudes doing backflips in it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on. So yeah, right. We'll have to get the dancers on stage, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I could totally see that happening, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After seeing you guys live enough times. Yeah, that would not surprise me. It, that's Yeah, that's. I feel like it's a blessing of being in this band is that we could do stuff like that and people go, oh, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. So, man, yeah. now you guys are, what, um, shit, about 15 years in now? Yeah. Does it yeah, feel been, uh, like that long for you? Teenagers. Um, Not really, but I guess when you look back at it and, and, you know, half of your life has been spent in this band and you think, you know, you have these memories and then you equate them to what tour you were on and it was in a band, you know, with a band that hasn't existed for 10 years mm. It's just weird the way the time kind of reshapes itself around people who spend their lives in bands because there is not a real clock that we abide, you know? I mean, it's mm. just kind of, what what year was that? Well, it depends on what tour we did, you know? And, and <laughs> yeah. where were we at that, that time? It's, it's all just relative to where on the road we were rather than what was actually happening in our lives. So how bad has your brother pissed you off over those years, man? <laughs> uh, I mean, no, no more, no less than anybody else. It just, uh, you know, it becomes a job, and everyone's uh, just trying to trying to work in a in a in a healthy environment. So, no, there's there have there hasn't been any huge explosions. Yeah, but see, I want to beat my brother's ass just for like looking at me sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you can, that's that. It takes a while. It's like when you put a bunch of dogs in you know in a, in a room together. Everyone's kind of sniffing each other out. Some attack, some don't. You know, it just takes a very long time to finally get on the same page. But. Um, Luckily, we kind of fell into it a little easier and earlier on than, than most of our peers and we've been able to sustain it, which I don't know how. I mean, there's no formula for it. I, I would love to know exactly how it happened, but uh, I'm very grateful that it has. I've never uh, been able to figure out, actually, because you guys seem like an anomaly in, in as far as, like, style. Yeah. and I mean, yeah. It just it seems like such a weird take that 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 you guys have gotten latched onto the way you guys have. I I, I completely agree. I I feel like I'm standing on the outside of it, just looking at it, like what the fuck? How does that make sense? Like everything. How does how does how does a band play Ozfest and then a Warp tour? You know, how yeah. does a band tour with how does a band tour with um, Newfound Glory and then Terror? You know, it just doesn't. And Hate Breed and and all, it just doesn't make sense. But we've done it, we've, and I don't know how. I don't know. And but, there's uh, an audience for you guys in each one of those shows. There is, there is. Um, there's also an anti-audience in each one of those shows. So it's uh, that there, therein lies the rub. Because for as many people uh, that get the anomaly of it, uh, there's an equal amount of people that do not, and they're very angry. <laughs> they're very angry about this band that doesn't uh, 
doesn't have solos uh, mm. opening up for Lamb of God, you know. It doesn't make sense to a lot of people, so they, you know, it gets stressful at times, but somehow we've weathered the storm. Yeah, but you can only open up for Converge so many times, you know. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I, I think that's what's great about us is that we can do different things. We can kind of do actually whatever we want to, you know, and, and it would work in certain spots and in others it wouldn't, but I think that we're aware of that now because we've been doing it for so long. Do you feel like you've had to change your approach to anything like because of that, or has that influenced the way that you guys have done anything? Or do you feel I like think the only I think the only time we've, we've sort of tailored anything is when we play certain festivals because it's not our show. You know, there, people uh, are there yeah. not not to see us in particular. So we might want to play. Okay, well, we're playing this festival in Germany uh, that has Mastodon headlining. Let's play our fucking heavier songs. You know, or Oh, we're playing Warp Tour, and we're pl- sandwiched between Four Year Strong and you know We the Kings or something. Okay, let's maybe play a bunch of songs. That there's actually some sing- you know actually some singing in, um, you know. But it's just sort of you know what what sort of suit do you wear to what party sort of thing. And you've got enough material that kind of varies over all right. the styles that you can handle that. Right, totally. I mean, but it's not like we've. Re- it- it's not that we write songs to appeal to different crowds. It's just out of the songs that we've already written, you know, which one could this crowd latch onto? And I think that, you know, that definitely takes an awareness, which, which we're lucky enough to have at this point. And you keep, cause I, I read a thing about, uh, I guess it was between the bear and me said something about how they'll never play their old stuff again. And like all that stuff is right out. Do you, yeah, I mean, when you're looking at a catalog like that, that's stuff that's all in your arsenal at any time, right? Oh, it's always there. Yeah, we uh, we we play Floater. We just played it today. And, awesome. uh, you know, that song is from, Jesus Christ, 2002, maybe? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we you know, we still, we still play that song, and we still play Bolarama. Uh, the last last summer, as a, a like a surprise thing, just kind of just to make it more memorable, we, we played a normal set, and then we played Hot Damn from front to back. You know? Nice. So it was like, yeah, I mean, that's all still there. It's all still part of who we are, and I mean... I think disowning it is just—I don't see why you would do that. I mean, no, you don't throw out pictures of yourself when you're a kid. You know, you just progress and you kind of acknowledge where you came from. And if the people want to hear their old your old songs, who cares? Well, I guess the argument is is that you've progressed musically to another level. You've grown past it as far as what you're writing and that kind of thing. So you don't you don't you don't want to use that as an example. There would never be another level if there wasn't a first level. So you should be thankful for the fact that you even had a level to base your next level off of, you know? And I think that, like I said, you can't, you, you pull that foundation out and then you're just hovering there with all this stuff and you're not telling anybody where it came from and you're not, you're pretending like it existed in a vacuum and all this brand new stuff that you created was just off the top of your head and it wasn't. It was all a progression of where you, well, the stuff you wrote earlier. And I, I don't know. I, we personally, I'm thankful for that. You know, we'll, if people want to hear it, we'll play it. Yeah, see, I totally agree with that with that argument because that that makes more sense to me. It's like it's the progression; it's where you go. Like you you see a yeah. Mastodon show and they play something off of every single record. You know. Yeah, but we're also the the kind of band too, where it's like if we play an old song, I'll I'll be the first to point out that it's really bad in comparison to like our newer <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? I, I'll I'll play it. Uh, you know, we'll play it as a way of compare and contrast. Like, okay, sure, you want this old song, we'll play it, but. Be aware of how terrible it is, and it's seen in the light of a new song that we're going to play after that. You know, maybe it'll it'll almost be comical. So, well, I mean, do you do you feel like Hot Damn is terrible compared to From Parts Unknown? I mean, oh, 
my God, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know what I was... I mean, here's the thing. Terrible, yes. But dishonest, absolutely not. I didn't know what I was doing at the time, so I was doing the only thing that felt natural. You know what I mean? And I was a 19, 18, 19-year-old 19 kid. And yeah, obviously, as a 32-year-old man, I look back and go, oh, that was fucking terrible. But I was a kid, and it was all I knew how to do. You know, so... I think that's kind of how we got to this point was just kind of only doing what we knew how to do and not trying to do anything else with it. See, that's kind of fucked up because, because uh, you know, I think about that from a fan perspective. I'm like, well, I don't know. I thought that was pretty good. No, I, and I think it was good at the time, totally. But I mean, just some of the, I mean, me personally, some of the, the melodies and the weird, like, uh, just even the weird cadences, I don't know how I thought to do that ah. stuff. Like, I would, it's just not how I would write anymore. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like not, 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 I just, it confuses me, and I think I did it out of confusion because I just was, the music was so overwhelming and, you know, very chaotic, and it just didn't really, I didn't have a grasp on it yet. Did you play music when you, I mean, because you guys was, were so young when you kind of kicked this off. Did you play music before that? I mean, were you piano Not and that really. kind of stuff? or No, I mean, you know, Jordan and Andy, you know, played the guitar, but I, I was, I just, I liked singing, I know that. I mean, I liked, but I liked people, uh, you know, I grew up with, listening to the people that my dad listened to which was like james taylor and elvis costello and you know all these people that were more singy so the screaming thing happened just because you know i got in i, I fell in with the right crowd when i was about 12 13 years old and they took me to some hardcore shows and i realized that there was a different kind of music out there you know and i fell in love immediately and the rest is just history so <laughs> the rest is history yeah <laughs> it played itself yeah. out on the records Yes. Oh, yeah, it did. It's a you. You can follow the progression of my relationship with music throughout uh, all the record. No, indeed, and I mean, but, I think I think that you can follow it even on particular albums where you go. You know, like yeah, yeah. It's a very it's a very sordid relationship. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been good to me. But you feel like now with uh, from parts unknown, you kind of found your. Have you found your niche, or have you just found your stride? I. I feel like we uh, we found our stride and that sounds really weird to say on your seventh album um but it's this is like i've never been prouder of anything i've done you know what i mean like yeah. this is if 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 history were to look back and my one contribution to this earth if i would i would hope it would be this record and so far like i know critical acclaim or whatever you know what that means sometimes yeah nothing it doesn't mean anything. you are getting like hammered with some great love on this album too it feels good, um, it, but it's not. It's weird because it's just uh, my personality type will not allow me to really bask in it. It's always like, oh shit, uh, they love it. So how do I? What do I do next? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like how? How am I going to make? How am I going to do anything better than this? You know? So now I'm all, it's all the stress is already setting in about our next record. Really? No, for me personally. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You can't even. You can't even just enjoy it. No, I can't, and I'm, I really wish I could, and I really need to learn how because I, I, I agree that it's a very important thing to sort of allow yourself that moment of, of proud reflection. But I'm just, I just, I'm a work. I gotta work. I gotta work, and I gotta keep going. So I don't know. But hey. yes, I agree, and I'm very. I, I think that people are really taking to this record for reasons that they haven't taken to other records, which is. Um, I don't know. I don't know why, but it it seems like everything just fell into place this long. Well, I I mean it's a lot of hard work. I mean that's the, in the end. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, you guys have put in the the legwork, the you know everything that goes behind it. That's you know that's got a lot to do with it and progressed. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, it's just weird because we didn't, you know, it's not like we sat down and we were all like, okay, guys, this is it. Let's rent a practice space. Let's get, like, all these producers. Let's, like, branch out and try experimenting. We seriously sat on it. We were on tour in Europe, and we were sharing a bus with another band. It was so crowded, and we wrote the record, like, with our elbows pinned at our sides. So there was no space to even spread out to try to do things. And, you know, I, I was sitting in closets trying to write lyrics because it was the only place I could find privacy. And, you know, it wasn't. It was just a really stressful writing environment. And I don't think any of us thought this is going to be our our opus. I think we were just kind of, fuck. All right, well, let's let's write. Let's write a record now. You know, and that's just kind of how we did it. So it's just it's weird. I wouldn't call it your opus because that means that's like the climax, you know. And right, no, I agree. I but I do. This is the one as far as like reviews go. This so is all, far, this is the, so far, it's been the best. Uh, it's it's received the best. So acclaim which is great but and it's not even out yet it's not even like officially out yet yeah right how can you be obsessive about it already when it's not it hasn't even hit the stores (laughs) yet that's like i was talking to my wife yesterday and she's like where are you going to be the day your record comes out and i'm like oh shit it's not out yet like i just (laughs) i I feel like it's already been out for a week or two but um so yeah yeah it hasn't even officially come out yet but i'm excited about it and i do need to slow down and just enjoy the moment of, of putting out a new record just say thank you. Uh, I need to say thank you. Yeah. All, all the all the good. Just you know, the, that's the like the biggest thing when anybody gives you a compliment is thank you. Yeah. You're right. You're, that's a really important lesson that I'm trying to learn, and uh, I need to start doing it. Today. Do you have tr- Do you have trouble moment. taking compliments? Absolutely. That's, yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah, I don't know because I just I'm, I'm I'm very just suspicious of people. So I don't know, like thank you, but what like what why why what do you need what do you, what can I do for you? Well, that's that's just the music industry getting to you. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just the years on the road. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so can I get backstage? Can I, how about that? Uh, can yeah. I get a free T-shirt, man? Come on, man. Yeah. Oh man, I haven't seen you in forever. How you doing? Can you get my friends in, please? <laughs> like, uh, oh, you, same breath. You yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> man. Uh, no, it's uh, I I've listened to it like four times now, and I can't I can't put it down. I gotta say, and I and I'm a, I'm like fan from a from long ago. So this one, I agree with you. I think this is probably your finest moment. Thank you very much. Thank you. So uh, bravo! Go. All right, good job. There you go. I, I, I did it, yeah. So yeah, that's the new the new record in a nutshell. Yeah, that's it. Now Fair what? Now, as far as in, in our lives, ah, we, uh, yeah. I got, I got a, we got a pizza party in a half hour. Sweet. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we, uh, I don't know, like I said, we played this morning, so I'm going to, uh, I'll eat some pizza and then maybe I'll, uh, have a few drinks and then read mm-hmm. a little bit. And, you know. <laughs> so do you, uh, do, do you get to bring your wife on tour with you or does, uh, she just stay at um, home? So when it's, when it works out, I, I bring her to, she, she works full time and you know, she's, I, I met her in like seventh grade we've she's known me all through all of this she's already been through the honeymoon phase of being on the road with the band and now it's just like okay she's had enough she doesn't really she doesn't enjoy sleeping in a bunk with me on a bus full of 20 other guys and not having a bathroom in the morning it's not a porta potty you know it's like so i get it she's done it before so when you get to that point when you're sitting at home for three months and ready to go out is she ready for you to go Probably yeah. She won't say it because she's a sweetheart, but yeah, I, I can imagine it's a, it's a sigh of relief when the door is closed. Finally, like, all right, great, because you know, that, then that means that there won't be you know five or six guys drinking beers on my roof and you know 
until like two in the morning so she can finally get some, some peace and quiet uh, it's a whole different animal when you when you got one with like a regular job right i yeah yeah it is it is but uh she's very very supportive uh, it's, it's great that's pretty awesome you been yeah. in, like high school sweethearts huh middle school middle school jesus Se- seventh grade yeah seventh grade yeah. So, I was 13. Still everything good everything is like awesome to this day? Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's great. That's that's yeah. badass, man. Yeah, it's uh it's, it's pretty rare. Um so I'm like I said I'm very very appreciative of it. You definitely don't hear that very often any anymore. I know. I know. It's uh it's it's too bad, but I also think that maybe maybe you don't hear about it cuz nobody really needs to talk about it cuz if it is, you know, something that's been sustained for that long it's not uh it's not a you know thing to brag anymore like oh man my, you gotta be my girl she's a porn star she's fucking it, it's the best you know it's like well no my, my wife is just a very quiet quiet woman that works a full-time job at home and you know tends for our, our house when i'm gone so the ones you hear about are the ones that are always bitching about how bad everything is so you get- exactly They're, yep exactly yeah so. you, you hear all those horror stories but when it's awesome it's like no i'm cool Right, exactly. Yeah, yep. well, I was gonna, oh, I was going to ask you about the the damn things, man. I was going to um, what uh, what what all happened with all that, man. I thought that was the weirdest thing when that all when that was going on. That was it was a weird thing. Uh, it was uh, yeah. It it's it seems surreal to me still to this day. Like it seems surreal when it was happening. Seems surreal looking back on it. But uh, I don't know for yeah for about two or three years there, it just it just clicked and it was fucking awesome. And not that it doesn't click anymore. It just you know, we did we did the record and uh, we toured on it, and then everyone kind of went their separate ways. Fall Out Boy got back together, which was kind of, you know, that wasn't in the cards. That was like an X factor that was going on, um, you know, because Joe and Andy thought that they would have a lot more time on their hands to tour the dancings. But then once Fall Out Boy got back together, obviously that was that they went right back to the top. And uh, Anthrax went back on tour. They wrote yep. another record, and then Rob joined Volbeat, yep. which threw another. Uh, you know, another variable into the equation because then we had another band scheduled to try to work around. So, you know, it just got it got to be a lot. It, I mean, we all we're all still in touch. We're all still really good friends, and uh, you know, hopefully the, the stars align soon. We can do something else. So, what was that for you? Was that just kind of flexing your muscles in a different way musically? Yeah, I think so. I think it was um, just something that um, I don't I don't I don't know. I I felt like I really needed an opportunity to work with people like that that i have kind of obviously scott have admired as a musician you know yeah and uh the chops of of joe and uh, and andy to to be in a band that has pop sensibilities you know and to see how those merged i mean i i needed to i i needed to be a witness to that you know so when they asked me it was just sort of something that was just so bizarre that i i needed to, to watch and see what happened and uh yeah it definitely gave me a chance to do other things too vocally and I don't know. I'm, I kind of surprise myself sometimes, and maybe some other people, but for the most part, it was just you know good old rock and roll music. Yeah, I mean the output was surprisingly palatable, and like uh, you know when you read everybody who's in it, you're like, wait a minute, what, what, what? Chocolate and peanut yeah. butter, those things don't go together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right, and I think that's kind of the the reason that uh, the whole thing got started was just. Uh, you know, just a shot out of the dark, and it really, it, it was great. It was really great. It was some, you know, considering I had been touring for 15 years, and it was just a totally new experience. So it was, it was strange. It's, it's like, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's a relationship. It's like having a new girlfriend, which is, you, 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 there's a courting phase, and then, you know, there's a honeymoon phase, mm. and then there's, you know, bitter old, and then there's a bitter angry phase. And then she cheats yeah. on you, and... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it all, it's all, it's all there, and it was all piled into two years instead of spread out over, you know, 20. So what was this other project I was listening to? Was it, I don't know what, how Black. to describe it, Black Metal? Oh, yeah, it was called, yeah, it's called Black Metal. It's, um... It's just something I'm doing with, with some friends via the internet. It's just kind of um same thing. It's just um just a way to, to, to keep it fresh and you know, I feel like if I do one the same thing for too long I'm just gonna sort of get content with it and that's the last thing I want. So being able to do different things kind of keeps everything yeah everything fresher, you know. So yeah, it's just uh my friend like programs some some songs and sends them to me over the internet, and then I just I get to write music in the downtime when I'm not on on tour and on stage. It keeps me busy, which is good. Well, you described like growth over time with every time I die, and mm-hmm. it sounds like you've gotten to a point in the last few years that you're ready to kind of expand things out a little bit on the outside. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's good too. I I don't feel by any means confined by every time I die. I mean, I think if I, if I went to the guys and every time I die and said, Hey, I, uh, I want to sing more. I mean, that's, we've been kind of setting that up all, you know, I mean, there's, that's fine. It works. And every time I die, you know? Um, so I, I do have, I, I feel like I have license to do anything yeah. I want with every time I die, but, um, it's just cool to see how you work with other people making music, you know, making, making anything really see how, see how the energies play off each other and see how the relationships are so you know going on tour with the dan things was crazy because i had gotten so used to you know four very particular people and i knew their patterns like it was a choreographed dance you know and then all of a sudden you're touring with the damn things and it's like oh my god i don't know this guy's schedule i don't know what he likes I, can i fart in front of him can i say <laughs> you know like i don't can i eat his food is he gonna get mad at me it's yeah like, you know it's all this weird stuff so, the nuts and bolts um, of it yeah yeah yeah, so, I mean, and, and that's just, I, I like doing that. I like doing something that scares me, uh, you know, and so trying new music with new people is terrifying, but I like doing it. You've got to be afraid to be, like, judged and all that shit. But, oh, of course. But at of the course. same time. I mean, it's a, Well, it's the only way that you're ever going to grow as a human being is yeah. to be judged and critiqued. I mean, I, I could obviously, I, I feel like I can take it a little better than a lot of people, which is kind of, maybe while well, I've been doing music for so long because it hasn't gotten to me, you know? Um, I mean, it's bothered me for sure, and I've gone through bouts of <laughs> severe depression and, and uh, self-loathing, but in the end, it's, you know, I learned to just let it, let it go and just keep, keep going forward. Not like crippling depression or anything like that, right? No, no, no. Nothing nah. to the point of I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm too afraid to stand on stage. Everyone's yeah. looking at me. Um, you know, that's just that's the, the that's more of a uh, that's more of a paranoia that I get when I smoke pot and go out in public. <laughs> <laughs> as far as just like my own insecurity, no, it's it's not crippling. God, isn't that an age thing though? When you oh get, yeah. When you get a little older and you smoke some weed, like that paranoia kicks in even worse. Oh, it's terrible. It's Ugh. terrible. And uh, it's like a science. I had to, like, learn how to do it better. So I had to, like, practice it and then try different things. And, like, because the thing is, like, drinking, I know exactly what to do. Yeah. I know exactly to get to where I want, what I have to have, how many to get to exactly the point I need that I could stop or keep going if I want to. Yep. But, like, with pot, it's just, like, a, it's a whole new game. It's like a science experiment for me. Because, like, sometimes I can go out and then I can be cool with it. Other times I just... I can't do anything but stare 
at the floor, you know, there's other times when it's just, it gets like this, it, it becomes an existential crisis. Other times it's just yeah. the best time I've ever had. So I have no idea what I'm going to get. It's a roll of dice every single fucking time. Well, because half the time you don't even know what you're getting, you know, like which, which level, especially yeah, in a, exactly. Yeah. There's a, I just, this last year, my friend gave me a, a, a sucker, which was just pure THC oil. And I didn't know it. I just thought it was oh, a sucker dude. with some weed in it. I was high for like four days and <laughs> it was the most terrifying experience of my life. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't function. I, it was eight hours. I couldn't say a word, but I heard everything. Like I was hearing like conversations in houses down the street. I mean, it was, just, <laughs> and all of them were about me. It was just awful. Right. I mean, I was, I was really panicking, and I know you can't you can't die, but I was a million percent convinced I was dying. So it was really bad. And then, uh, then I, I just made it home. I don't, like I walked home and I watched Teen Wolf on repeat <laughs> until it became like just like a blanket for me. It like comforted me. I was like, oh, I'm home. I'm watching I'm watching Teen Wolf. It's one of my favorite movies. I'm okay. Everything's fine. And then I and then I was still I woke up the next morning I was still high, oh, but it was like a good, it was like a good like laughing high. So uh, see, yeah, it was devastating. That's why I never do edibles, man, because uh, you, you can't you just can't gauge it, man. Right, right. That's such, and I'm such a weird like control freak that yeah, if I, know. I don't I'm know way. what I'm if I, yeah if I don't know the dosage then I I have to I have to be ready for what's going to happen. I cannot just throw caution in the wind. Which is terrible because I used to do that a lot, but it, it, as I got older, I, I get ve- I'm now way more guarded in my drug taking. <laughs> well, and not even that. I mean, I was talking about it the other day about just the fact that everybody's got a camera on their hip, you know. And it's like, duh, next oh, thing you yeah. know, you're on fucking YouTube. You're like, oh my god, what did exactly. I do? Yeah, actually, uh, speaking of karaoke, there's a. Um, I know we talked about karaoke before, but same thing. There's a. Um, we went to karaoke one night, just some friends, just some friends. There's a little dive bar in Buffalo, and I sang. Um, end of the road by voice to men and somebody got on video and it's seriously like tens of thousands of hits already and people ask me about it now at every show and oh wow like, what the fuck i just i mean I'm, luckily i i did a great job but I, <laughs> I mean, if i didn't i would be humiliated you think it's kind of good sometimes and then other times you're like oh man I, i'm just so oh. glad that it wasn't around when i was in college or you know like i oh yep i think the same thing like thanks Fucking God, I did not have a camera, like, and access to the internet when I was a kid doing fucking dumb shit with my friends or, you know, in my room. We, we, we did jackass just to do jackass, not, not for any video, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it would, uh, yeah, it, I, I, there's no doubt in my head that, like, one of, I, I, I probably would have been dead if I thought I was showing off for right. one. <laughs> the, the level I would have amped it up to, knowing me as, like, a little kid. Forget it. Yeah, I would have shot my own head off and thought it was fucking cool. Yeah, check this out. All right, watch this. Yeah, uh, yeah. famous last words right there. Right, right, All right. Well, dude, thank you for taking the time. We had a hell of a time trying to get it scheduled, but I'm glad. I, I'm glad we got to talk to yeah, you, man. Me too, man. Thank you very much. So, I appreciate it. New record from Parts Unknown. Every time I die, Keith Buckley. Thank you very much, brother. Absolutely, man. Thank you.
Any music from Goat Horror on the Metal Sucks podcast. Let me see if I can get this song title right. They're, they're, they're having a thing where they're writing song titles like metalcore bands. Cold Earth Consumed in Dying Flesh is the name of that song right there from Cold Goat Horror. Cold Earth Consumed in, in dying, dying Flesh. Yes, indeed. Are you trying, are you trying I, to figure I, it I out? Figure are you it trying, out. To, trying to work on it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to deconstruct. Don't 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 do it. Yeah, uh, I was trying to do the same thing with the album title because I was having trouble with that man. Constricting rage of the merciless. Well, see, I would think record. I would think dying flesh consumed in cold earth. That makes sense. You bury the body, right? It's revert. I dude, don't don't don't. Yeah, okay. Don't don't, don't don't try. I'm gonna pull myself away. Now the reason uh, I wanted to play some new goat horror because it's out now and uh, it's actually a halfway decent record. I would uh, I would say I enjoy it because You're, I'm a fan of goat horror. Right. So it's not. Uh, it's a record that's written pretty much for people who like Good Horror, right? Uh, for the most part. But the main reason we wanted to pull one out was because of <laughs> because of their drummer right. uh, this week. It was something that you found on Twitter. I did, and I thought it was really interesting because it's not it's not something that you normally find, but maybe you do, and I just don't know about it. Um, I, I, I don't know. So it was like I woke up in the morning and like this popped up, and I was like, "Well, this is going to be the big story of the day." And then nobody was talking about it because it pretty much got buried, exactly. or not buried, but 
it got deleted really quick. So, so this uh, a writer by the name of Chris Redar had done a review of the new Goat Horror album, and and he kind of just he he said the same thing that you just said, but yeah. from the perspective of somebody who's probably not that big a Goat Horror fan, and a little bit, it was a little bit harsher than what exactly. you know that kind of yeah. criticism. I mean. And so uh, uh, Zach Attack six six six. You can follow him on Twitter. That'd be Zach Simmons, uh, the drummer for uh, for Goat Whore. at Goat Whore Nola. Uh, he says, uh, "Fuck your dumb little site for the shit talk review." Uh-huh. And uh, and and it's the website that the you know that posted the the yeah. Well, it was, it was the last rights or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And and you know and everybody. And their mother does album reviews. I mean, Metal Sucks does them. I write them for Metal Injection. I mean, you know, it's it's one big happy family. And most, but of you most never part. write a bad review. I typically don't write a bad review because you don't want to get tweeted. Well, no, not even that. It's because I I always feel like I'm I try to be a positive guy. Right. I want things to be positive, and it's easy to write a shitty review. I can dog on every, anybody for anything at any point. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the best record that's out there, you could write a shitty review of it. So. I mean, yeah, you can talk so, shit about anybody. So, so how is somebody easy. supposed to read your reviews and know whether you really like it or not? Well, because if I write a review of it, I really like it most of the time, uh, for the most part. Or it's something that I really expected to like. I wrote a kind of bad review about Prong, their new record. Uh, okay. Um, and you know, I really wanted to like that record a lot, right. and it just didn't it didn't pan out. Right. You know, and I, I honestly I wanted that to be a great record, and and it wasn't. So, but. Uh, I try to write positive things for the most part, and, and you know that's just my but, that's my style. But but, see, I, but I don't slog anybody for writing shitty reviews because that's their prerogative. And and the fact that the, most of these people are getting paid for their reviews and they live off that. Some of them, yeah. And so they kind of need to review some stuff that they don't like. Well, and if you want to get hits on stuff, how do you get it? Well, you can get it by getting the fans of said man to talk shit about you, and in return. But usually. The bands don't get butthurt by what you read because right. they know that they take things with a grain of salt, or at least a lot of them do anyway. Most most bands, even you know, we're talking to Keith about you know that kind of uh, response because you know their new album is getting like glowing reviews from everybody. You can only you got to take all that with a grain of salt. Yeah, you know, even the even the sucking your dick kind of kind of reviews that you get, it's just it is what it is. It's somebody's opinion, and it's that one person's opinion at that one moment in time. So you can't get you can't get upset about it. Do you so think that, him getting upset yeah. was such a weird was such a weird thing to just kind of lash back out? And and from what I could tell, he deleted that off his Twitter pretty fast. Yeah, and then, then go to Nola posted something like. Oops! <laughs> no, no, he posted. Oops! He did. Is what is what uh, he had posted on his okay. uh, on his, and it's like, well, so do do you think that band should lash back out at writers or anybody who's giving them criticism? I mean, do you think that's a a valid thing, or do you think? I think there's two ways to go about it. I think if you do it uh, uh, on the one hand, you're drawing attention to that bad review, true, which is probably not that good, but. You could also freak the review out. or the uh, the fact that like you're what do you mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're drawing, drawing attention you're, to somebody who thinks you have a shitty album. Yeah, you're drawing attention to the review. I mean, because like I don't read album reviews all that much. Because in my opinion, it's like if I'm really interested in an album, I'll just go to Spotify and I hear it. Yeah, you know, I'll make my own opinion up. You know, for the most part. Uh, but um, uh, you know, there there are some reviews that I read because you know either the I respect the person who's writing about it, mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to give. Like give me. me, give me a perspective exactly yeah. that that I might not have when I go in to hear the album, uh, but also 
But I guess what I'm saying is that I generally won't read it, but as soon as like this guy you know, freaks out about this review. I'm like, Whoa. I want to know what's going on. What that review say? Yeah, dude. Is it, yeah. Did he talk shit about his mom or something? I mean, so, what? so you're dry, He's drawing attention to the review, but at the same time, you know what? He's got people talking about the new Gordon. Yeah. And so that's not a bad thing. Exactly. You know Especially I mean? if when you read the review and the review says the same thing you said when we started, it's like, Hey, you're a goat war fan. You got to get this. Yeah. Then if I'm a Goldhar fan, I'm gonna uh, oh wow cool I hadn't realized the album was out all right I'm mm-hmm. gonna go get it mm-hmm. and that's a good thing. But I mean, when you frame it in in the point of if somebody's really dogging on your shit, <laughs> like really giving you crap about your album, uh, is it safe to respond or get in some kind of tweet fight with somebody when nobody wins? Right? I mean, or is it just a another way to kind of push what like what you're talking about being able to push the conversation a little bit more so because we talked to plenty of artists over the years i've talked to zoltan from five finger death punch we talked to you know the chicks from huntress and all that stuff and what are the what are the one things from where uh, uh huntress i'm uh, not uh from butcher babies yes. uh, and you, t- you talk to those those bands and they know that everybody fucking hates them or or this one swath of right, the bloggers, etc. Yeah, like the critics and a lot of people hate them, and they could give a fuck, so they don't respond to it at all, and it doesn't seem to phase them or hurt their rep or anything of that nature. They just keep growing in another direction. And we saw with Butcher Babies, they're bringing the ba- the bodies in. Yeah, no, I, they really did. You know, everybody sort of split when Howard yeah, Jones went on. It was exactly. sort of crazy, but but it's a. So it doesn't hurt them to just ignore it at the same time either. Yeah. You know, so what, which school of thought is better in that respect? I don't know. I, I can't, I well, can't decide. Well, I think that, well, the problem is, is that every other writer talks to every other writer, every blogger yeah. talks to every blogger. So, you know, the moment that you freak out about one of them and you, you uh, say something abusive, like what he did in the tweet, the moment is every, everybody else goes, well, uh, I guess we're not going to talk about Godhar. You know, and they're going to just sort of blacklist you, mm. and that's not good either. Well, and unless you have something really positive to say, because or I don't think writers are, or, or bloggers are afraid to write shit about bands. You think so? I mean, oh, I think they absolutely. Why are. Why would they be? Because they don't want to get blacklisted by the record label or by well, no, no, the I don't publicist. Think, or, I'm, but this is not a publicist or a record label or anything like that. This is a m- member of the band. And when a member of the band comes at you, is different than but different I'm, than anybody else. But what I'm saying is that you put up a really awful review. You're not just upsetting the members of the band. You're upsetting the entire apparatus that's supporting that band. Yeah, and but, you don't want to upset everybody. Nah. The, the the thing about that is though is that everybody understands that those are opinions and and a bad press is press. Some people uh, understand it. Well, and you you just got to go with it. I mean, it's you don't have to if you're big enough. <laughs> yeah you kind of do no you don't it, you it, you know trust me if 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 uh century media or nuclear blast decided that they were going to start giving kind of a the silent treatment to writers or blogs or whatever that are not giving them supportive reviews especially if they feel like man it's like three or four in a row then what they're going to start to do is they're going to start to blacklist the bloggers and stuff and then nah, other people nah, will pick it up i it think does, it, no I, it doesn't work that way it, I does, think it, does, it just doesn't work that way i don't i just i don't agree because because you can't yeah you just can't do it uh and because it's everybody is in work together you know just like you say 
that that all the bloggers and all the writers and everybody sort of talks to each other we're talking to industry and the industry includes all of those label people so everybody's in this together man it, I mean, everybody knows each other so even, you had to apologize at south by southwest because everybody's in this together yes, so yeah. it's one of those things that everybody's in it together and and you're not going to like everything and somebody's going to write a shitty review and sometimes that shitty review is actually it's just it's still press but it's natural it's that you press. you like the people that like you well yeah and and it's where where i think the where that can be dangerous and and on a small metal label level it's that, that doesn't i don't think that happens when that happens it's on some of the bigger labels and you see people going hey by the way you know what this corn record is the best record of the year yeah hey this black sabbath record is the yes, best record of the year exactly like those things some of those i feel are suspect but other than that on the small level on the niche level no i don't but think, I think all that, that stuff matters i mean all that matters and i think you're pulling out exactly the example that that supports what i'm trying to say is that like even if it's not obvious it's not inferred because it's such an insular world and the cool kids want to remain cool they're gonna do what it is that they need to do in order to remain cool which means that they're gonna cover write talk about and praise the stuff that they think is cool just like they want to be well and i think part of that maybe too is that we are closer to the artist than we ever have been before Mm -hmm. so i am friends with ben falgust on twitter or i am friends with you know what i'm saying i'm yeah. friends with the band with the artist on twitter you know we did an interview with with nick hippa last week i've bounced back and forth with him about getting tacos you know when they're in town kind of thing we're closer to the artist than we ever have been because of things like twitter and social media well right up until he meets me in person well then, yeah i know that but then it's all know, i'm not bringing you uh, i'm bringing queso i'm not bringing godless <laughs> good idea so it's all good uh, queso wins anybody over but but you know what i'm saying like the, the and i think that's the, more than anything talking shit about somebody personally that's where people have a disconnect where it's like i don't want to talk bad about that person you know they feel real weird about talking bad about somebody that they might consider a friend and that's where you get where you get it and it's not because of position of power who they are you know like it's i don't feel like it's anything of that it's that you feel like this sort of friendship bond with people and you don't want to talk shit about them right but at the same time i'm you know if you can't pull punches with people just because and that's why most writers will tell you you don't become friends with the artist right you don't you don't you you don't let that sort of thing happen because otherwise you're going to lose your objectivity and it's just going to be it's just going to be a mess yeah 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 so i mean that's uh, i think probably the biggest lesson out of that you know is, is to do that but as an artist do you, i mean do you I guess you're allowed to get butthurt about it but i mean do you do you really i mean do you should you bounce back like go right at somebody like that or if no? you do it do it do it very smartly yeah you know take and you know decide to write a review of the review yeah. you know or something like that you know do something that is going to get people talking and you do it with your tongue in your cheek yeah you, you, that way it's like you recognize that it happened and but then you own it game got game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i and can that, see that they, you know do something like that well because if he's if he told the dude to fuck off and and followed up with uh yeah blah, 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 yeah, yeah you know like kind of yeah it would have been kind of funny. It could have been a back and forth that was a little entertaining, and that could have gotten a, l- a little legs. But I just wonder. It, I mean, I uh, haven't heard the new Goat Horror album, but I want to. I wonder if. I mean, I'm sure Goat Horror have gotten a lot of bad reviews over their career. Oh right? yeah, and, definitely. And how? So what was it about that review that? 
that, that really him off? got this guy. Or was it just a like I'm woke up in the morning, saw this tweet, and, mm-hmm. or saw this review? I was like, maybe, or is there something? Is there a truth in there that he doesn't want? Uh, to maybe. Admit? I mean, there might be. I mean, I've listened to the new Goat Horror record, and um, as a fan, I I dig it. Yeah. I was like, it sounds a little thinner than the rest of the records. You know, the, like production wise, it doesn't sound as beefy in the middle. But you know, that's just what I've noticed about it. Uh, have I spent a lot of time with it? Not really. You yeah. Know, but you know, there's song here and there. Uh, will I? Will I? It stop me from going to see them live? No. Yeah. Because they're coming around every other week, and I fucking love to see them live. <laughs> like that's the whole key is all about you know seeing them live. I don't know. I just it seems like people that just don't get upset about it have the most success, right? You know, if if you let everything get to you, if you let every comment get to you, you know, a lot of them, you know, everybody said it'll be exhausting. Yeah, you just be you know clawing your eyes out yeah. all the time but i can totally see you know you put your your you know blood sweat and tears into an album and you yeah. feel great about it's it your and you're baby. optimistic yeah exactly your baby and somebody comes along and and takes a poop on it man that's gotta hurt yeah yeah you just gotta develop the skin right i guess and sweat it yeah we do it every week so <laughs> people shit on this show constantly <laughs> so yes i'm so used to it now that i i've become a better man for it dude. Have you? oh totally oh you haven't noticed <laughs> thanks i appreciate it dickhead all right we're gonna wrap this show up man next week uh we're gonna have i think we are going to have josh how do we say it scoggin 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 of 68 on the show and um yeah we don't talk much about music i let you just tear into him about stuff well he has some very interesting some very unique ideas indeed to say the least but he is of course the former lead singer of the chariot and current lead singer of 68 so he'll be on the show next week uh we'll get into that and who knows what the hell else every week on the metal sucks podcast we dissect stuff and things maybe there'll be more news next week who knows man Maybe. subscribe follow subscribe on itunes uh follow us on twitter uh, you can follow me at bearded ape i'm at godless speaks and on spotify and every week on monday morning we post it on metal sucks.net it's the metal sucks podcast shake, shake your heart into the next room.